I mean, these are the things that I think about. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. What's your boy, O? And your girl, Rocky. What's good, beautiful people? So today's show, why don't the hood love me? Yeah, we gotta talk about it, y'all. We gotta talk about it. Uh, This is gonna be episode, uh, basically... In remembrance of the life um, of Nipsey Hussle. Uh, and not only just like a remembrance of uh, of him, but of what he's... The lessons I took from it, basically. The lessons I took from it, our reflections on it, um, our takes on it. And then we're going to give you a different perspective. Because we are therapists. So we know we got to break down something when it comes to mental health and how it relates to... Um, ultimately what what went down you know um and a whole bunch of other stuff but let's let's start off uh let's start off first saying rest in power to nipsey hustle all respect to the things that you have done we're gonna you know save that for the end because we're gonna go over some heavy stuff but the the brother did so many things while he was on this um on this earth and that's a testament to what uh, i think we all should strive to do um with our lives, with what we have, with the time that we do have here. Um, so some background information um, just on Nipsey. I looked this, this stuff up uh, because I personally didn't, didn't know Nipsey like that uh, in terms of his, his music. I knew like a couple of albums just because I'm a hip-hop fan, um, but I ain't like listened through the whole way through. I just basically knew like his singles and stuff like that. But um, yeah. So... Um, this is basically what happened, um, what went down um, with his death. So on uh, March 31st, 2019, this year, um, he was shot multiple times in the parking lot of his store, his um, yeah, his, his clothing his store, clothing store mm-hmm. um, in, in South, South L.A., one of just many of his establishments and projects that he was trying to do to invest in his hood, literally in his hood. Um, um, and it all went down at uh, 2.25 p.m. Uh, he was hit five times. Wow. Yeah. In the torso. And then one in the head. Hmm. Um, two other people were wounded. Um, in the shooting, all three victims were uh, transported to the hospital, and uh, approximately twenty minutes later, he was pronounced dead officially. So he died, um, thirty-three years old. You know, as I just had a birthday, twenty-eight. I'm just looking at that as like, man, that's so young. That's so young, man. That's so young of a life. Um, but that's what happened. Those are like the facts of the situation. That's what we know. 
Uh, now that like the dust is cleared, um, there's a lot of speculation about other stuff, but we do need to actually talk about some of that. So, when Nipsey Hustle passed, my timeline got flooded. Yeah, with, it was wild. With information about what happened, about what people took from him, what mm-hmm. people learned from him, um, as well as uh, people streaming his music. His music went up so much. Oh, yeah, everybody's up on it. Yeah. And I'll admit, I, I didn't know about Nipsey, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. in, in terms of his music like that. Like, maybe it's because I, I'm not... Um, uh, Officially from the West Coast, and I love some of the West Coast music, but it's like maybe I'm old school West Coast, like Tupac, which mm-hmm. I'm gonna get into later too. Mm-hmm. Correlates very well with this situation, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but now yeah, everybody's streaming his music, doing all these um great things to improve uh to um to pay attention to his platform now that he's um passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you were saying. Uh, the music, uh, the videos as well, right? Mm-hmm, of uh, Nipsey speaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. the brother was shocked. And just and so many articles about what he had been doing for his community right. before this happened, like how much he has been doing. Mm. Um, but one of the biggest things that was on my timeline mm. was the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And that theory was that because... Nipsey Hussle was doing so much good for black America and for the black community in L.A. And that he was doing the uh, documentary about Dr. Dr. Sebi, Sebi, Mm -hmm. that the government targeted him. Mm. Um, And and they paid, and the theory is that the government paid um, Eric Holder. That's the name of the uh, person who did all this. Yeah, who, that's probably who last killed time, Nipsey. Yeah, that's probably mm-hmm. last time I'm going to mention him. I'm going to just, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, dang, my mic always oh, in it. <laughs> um, that's the last time I'm going to mention, um, probably mention his name, unless I slip up, because I don't even want to give him no, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's all about so, Nipsey. So the theory is that the government paid him um, to kill Nipsey. Right. That's the theory. That's the theory. The conspiracy. Mm-hmm. But before we address the theory, we want to talk about some other possibilities. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so why have you personally, like I know I'm on social media all the time, mm-hmm. so I was seeing all the stuff on my timeline, all the stuff on my Instagram, yeah. and you had decided to stay away from social media during this time. So why did you personally decide to step away? Um, well, first of all, I, I don't like this stuff. You already know. I, I'm i a positive person. I try to stay in positive spaces. And even things I digest in terms of my media, I don't like to like have all that negative stuff coming at me like that. Um, of course, I heard about it. And I was like, just I I'm, even not being on social media, I, I just felt it. I knew stuff was going on. I saw people's faces around me, like black people around me mostly mm-hmm. uh, because of where I work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my clients and everything else like that. So it was unavo- uh, unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want to digest everybody else's opinion about it because I know how that is. I know that there is speculation. I already knew there was going to be speculation about um, the death of, of Nipsey Hussle. 
Um, but also like just wild other stuff like mm-hmm. conspiracies outside of like the Dr. Sebi, which I get why people get that. He even said so with the tweet and everything else I like mean, that. When I remember when he first announced that he was doing the documentary, mm-hmm. people were already like, uh, you need to watch it back, brother. Right, right, right. Because right. they don't want this information out. Now, um, so I did say the government targeted, but specifically Big Pharma, who owns the government. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You know. We already know this. Exactly. Like, they don't want us to be on the, oh, let's understand the food that we're putting into our body in order to make sure that we are spiritually healthy as well as physically. Mm-hmm. Um, that Dr. Sebi was talking about. Yeah, that was his own philosophy. Exactly. So, like, Big Pharma and the health insurance industries profit from slow our death. sickness yeah, and death. our slow death. So they're not going to give us cures. They're not going to make sure that, and this is also tying into the Food and Drug Administration. We talked about this in our political episode. All right, that was our last episode. Right? Yeah. Um, All ties together. You know, exactly. So... They don't want us to get better. So if someone, a leader in our community, is striving to do something, do something <laughs> where we can get better, mm-hmm. they take it as a threat. I mean, it's not, and that's why I get that that uh, that theory is out there because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily. You gotta understand, like as a people, but, it's not but, unusual. But, but also historically, historically speaking, they happened. have right. They know? have targeted. They us. have done it. Yes. So it's like. Even if you, how can we not think that, you know? Mm-hmm. We would kind of have to, that's why I wasn't mad about that conspiracy even flowing around. Even if it's true or not, you know, I'll, I'll never know yeah, for sure. But I don't mind it coming around because it shows that we're still questioning and still very... And we um, don't feel safe with our government? Oh, hell no. Why would we? And like you said, historically... There's precedent for us yeah. <laughs> worrying about that. Factual it's not like evidence. we're not acting like, oh, this, oh you it's guys made are so up in crazy. My mind. You're so crazy. It's the like, government no, they did bomb places in their own yes. country. They did, um, what? Let, let's go back to the beginning. Share blankets with the disease on it. Man, we're talking about. <laughs> Since the dawn of this, <laughs> so so you know people coming onto this continent like um, from overseas. I, it, yeah, I, I think we have some historical evidence that uh, allows us or gives us permission to be questioning and cautious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I definitely understand all that. Yeah, mm. but yeah, I didn't want to get too involved in all that because outside of those theories, there was some other wild other stuff. Mm-hmm. People just. You know, clout chasing and just trying to put, like, numbers. You know how it is with the social media game. Trying mm-hmm. to exploit a situation. Trying to have hot takes here and there. Like what? Just saying really dumb stuff like, oh, um, see, this is exactly what we were talking about. Like, with the, instead of saying Dr. Sebi, they would say something else like, uh, no, he wasn't killed for this. He was killed because of uh, sh- I heard theories about Suge Knight. I, I heard, yeah, exactly. I heard theories about... <laughs> I heard theories about um, some actor. I forgot what his name was. Mm. Just stuff that was like bouncing all over the place. I heard mm. shit about Laura, Lauren London. And then there was people talking about like Kodak Black because he's young and dumb um, and saying mm. shit like. So yeah, I heard all, all those things after the fact. Mm-hmm. But even like when I was trying to avoid it, I was some of that stuff was getting through. And I'm like, I just don't want to hear none of that nonsense. You mm. know what I mean? So so much other people having takes about what was going on. Some people having, you know, 
disagreements about what was a respectful way to um, uh, address the situation. Like, should we ride for him? Should you know all that energy at the beginning and all that, all that rah rah energy? I don't want none of all that because that's when people don't actually think and they act and they actually make those mistakes. And I rather than be cautious and aware and logical and tactical about their responses to stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I didn't want to be clouded about all that stuff. So now that I've digested everything, mm-hmm. um, I do have a lot to say about it, and we're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff, um, you know, in, in the coming moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it, I did need that break, because sometimes, uh, for real, you need to take, like, a, a, a mental break from just the media in general, um, especially when it comes to sensitive situations that you need to digest and actually reflect on. You can't always reflect if you're always listening to somebody else's reflection. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but if their reflection helps um, spark ideas, like I'm sure a lot of our listeners hear mm-hmm. some of our thoughts, and I'm like, oh shit, that was a, an interesting take. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about it like that from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Then cool, but don't bombard yourself. you know. And that's what I was trying to avoid, basically. Okay. Yeah. But, um... The main reason why I think stuff went down, I, I do get the conspiracy theories, but even within that, I think we were talking about this um, in the office the other day with uh, our uh, co-worker, Daniela. <laughs> I think she was on the show. Um, she was on the episode, episode The uh, Essence of a Fuckboy. Right, right. Y'all Daniela that Smile. Out. That yeah. one was funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really funny. Definitely check that episode out mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. So we were talking about that, and of course, the ladies were talking about the conspiracy theory. I mean, and again, I don't blame I, them. I'm, Look, I'm, there's see, precedent for it. When I found out, because I knew about the documentary, so when I found out that he got shot, I instantly was like, "Well, that's confirmed." Because we are again already before he started the documentary, it was like, "Watch your back, brother," because. Again, historically, mm-hmm. so my yeah, so my first reaction was government, and then my second reaction was, I have to accept that that is a possible yeah, I was thinking reality that thing. for when like you're us. Speaking up, yeah, about stuff depending on which uh, which how big you get mm-hmm. and how large your platform is, yeah. people take you as a threat, you know, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's not always going to be. A good situation. Yeah. Basically. So yeah. it was really like the acceptance for me that I'm I'm down. I am down to fight for my community and uplift and empower my community yeah. and educate my community. And I'm with it. if that's how I go out, then that's how I go out. That's one of the lessons I definitely took from Nip. Like, you can't be scared to live your life to do what's right. Mm. Mm. Yes, definitely. Never. But yeah. So that's what I was talking about right. in the office. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I do understand. Mm-hmm. But my bigger point was, even if, oh boy, okay, I'm not fucking mentioning his name. <laughs> even if, oh boy, um, got paid off by the government or whatever. The reason why he was still even willing to do that to his own, mm-hmm. somebody in his own community is because that man is deeply hurting or deeply vulnerable and hurt and willing to sacrifice whatever it takes just for some money. Mm. Meaning he already probably had hate in his heart before all that. Mm-hmm. Probably towards Nip. And now the stories I'm hearing are 
that this was some guy who was like you know around the around the way that other people didn't like because he was like an informant or something like that. Oh. And so Nip just said, "Yo, you gotta, you gotta like you gotta leave. Like nobody's like nobody's rocking with you right now. So yeah. just just keep the peace, keep it pushing. You know." Yeah. He came back, felt disrespected by that. And this is where I'm thinking the whole triggered by like a, the ego part comes out. And, and um, I want to give a shout out to Charlemagne the guy. <laughs> Even though he don't need no damn shout outs. <laughs> but if you are watching this clip that I'm going to snip out right now and put on Instagram. Yes, I do my own editing. Check me out. <laughs> also, Smart Productions. <laughs> Gotta plug, 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 charge me up, plug me up, charge me, charge me. All right, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, even um, he was saying like the ego factor mm -hmm. of it. Like the fact that you thought like, oh, what? He, he's, who's he to tell me that like I can't be around here? I, I'm around here. I'm always around here. He just come around here whenever he want to. I don't know how. I just got a West Coast voice. <laughs> that shit really just came out. It came in and out. <laughs> but yeah, for real, he came um, from the perspective of him having like an ego about the whole thing, basically saying that, who are you to tell me I can't be around my way, basically, just mm -hmm. because you, you Nipsey or what, because you got Lauren, mm -hmm. who, I don't, I don't care, whatever, like, and that, that boosting up of the ego causes that. And that can only come from somebody who's so vulnerable and weak and insecure. Yeah. For like that to set you off, the fact that he said, yo, you know, you just can't be around here because everybody else is not a little uncomfortable and everything else like that, just to keep the peace, you know? If that's all it took for you to just go off, then that says a lot. Now maybe something more can't went down, but even if it if something more yeah, did I, go down, I was gonna say that that just says trauma. It says trauma, because that's a that's a trauma response. That's, when that's you've been traumatized, that, that's a response. And that's the bigger issue I want that I want to talk about. It's like the trauma response. Mm -hmm. The hood don't love you. That's the title of this this episode. Mm -hmm. The reason why the hood don't love you is because everybody in the hood is in trauma. Continuous trauma. It's not post. It's continuous and ongoing trauma. We're talking about right now. Mm -hmm. From the 1600s to 2019. And since we are therapists and we had that perspective, we need to break it down because a lot of people are missing this piece mm -hmm. of the conversation. So we've broken it down before. But we gotta do it. Any this. of the therapy mm -hmm. series episodes where we've we've broken it down because it's, it's we need we need to know this. Yes. So first, I'm gonna break it down in just being black in general and how our trauma um, shows up. But then I'm going to break it down as far as hood trauma. Mm. Okay. She's about to break it down. Y'all <laughs> so, ready? So um. Let me make sure. So I need y'all to focus on this one. <laughs> um, so yes, when we worked at Conscious Voices, we mm -hmm. learned about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, but also stemming from uh, Dr. Joy DeGruz post-traumatic slave syndrome. Right. And through that, and through our supervisor there, 
We were able to break down trauma in a way that we didn't learn in grad school. We were able to mm-hmm. actually apply it to our people and what happens within our community. Right. Okay. So to break down what happens within your body when you're experiencing trauma, I have to break down the human stress response. Mm. Okay. The human stress response is also known as the fight or fight response. Okay. You also have a freeze. So fight, flight, or freeze. So three steps. Three steps. More often than not, people talk about the fight and flight than they do the Mm -hmm. freeze. Um, The freeze is like a deer in the headlights. You just get stuck. You stop. It's like too much. You don't, you can't make a decision. You're scared. Like it's just, yeah. But the fight or flight is what I'm primarily going to talk about. So, you have to think about the brain, okay? When you're trying to understand what's happening within your body, the brain is the one controlling all of it. So, you have Mm -hmm. to break down um, parts of the brain, okay? So, first, humans have a part of the brain called the amygdala. This is the emotional brain, okay? This emotional brain is responsible for your fear, Okay, it's it's the part of your brain that allows you to survive because the human stress response is triggered because of a high stressful event, Mm -hmm. a traumatic event or a life threatening or dangerous event. All things that happen in the hood almost daily. Yes. So once you experience this stressor, this life threatening, this dangerous situation, Mm -hmm. The information goes immediately into your amygdala, your emotional brain. So, the back part. The back part. And this part of your brain is the first brain that's fully developed. So, once you're a baby and you're born, this is the brain that's fully functioning. Because, again, you need to be able to survive. Okay? So, this is also the brain that we share with other species. So, they call it the reptile brain. Because other species have the amygdala or the emotional brain as well. Because, again, Mm -hmm. it goes into survival. Do you fight or do you flee? So just reactionary stuff. Yes, all reaction. This is not you consciously thinking about anything. This is reaction. Like the stimulus happens, the stressor, the life-threatening, the dangerous situation happens, and then you respond. Mm. Okay? Humans are different than other species because we have something called the prefrontal cortex, which is in our forehead. Now, this is our thinking brain. So we have our emotional brain in the back, our thinking brain in the front. The third eye. <laughs> our thinking brain is responsible my spiritual brothers out there. for logic, rationale, Not for real, yeah. reasoning, Consciousness, and man. judgment. Yeah. So basically the things that make us human. Basically the ability to stop and think mm-hmm. before we respond. Yeah. Humans have that. No other species has that. Problem is though, that thinking brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 years old. 25. I want y'all to hear that number because I always have to stress this. 25. I'm only 28. Just turned 28. And we that are. I mean, my brain just, just now. I'm th- right? We just fully functioning up here. No, I'm <laughs> and five, we six, already seven, went eight. to therapy to process old. all of the passion that we did. I'm three. You know? <laughs> Like, so that, yes, understand how much could happen in your life by the time you're 25. <laughs> right. Trauma. Um, so, <laughs> let's, let's break it down. So, 
humans, we want to be able to stop automatically reacting. So the, the emotional brain immediately responding. And we want to have that moment in time where we're using our thinking brain. Right. Okay. Now, let me describe what's happening within the body once your emotional brain is triggered. So again, this is all without your input. Like you are not consciously controlling any of this. This is happening automatically. Okay. So a stressor, a life-threatening, dangerous situation pops off. I hear a loud bang against the wall. Boom. <laughs> so immediately within my body, you're going to have hormones start coursing through your body. <laughs> you don't feel it. The okay. heart racing. Boom, 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 well, that's boom, boom, physiological. Boom, boom. We're just talking about the hormones right now. Okay. So <laughs> the hormones are cortisol, which is a stress hormone yeah. that moves through the body by way of glucose, which is sugar. Sure. And now I can't remember the third. Oh, adrenaline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> adrenaline, because you need energy. Whether you fighting or you running, you need some energy to do it. Okay. Yeah. So you hear that loud bang against the wall. Your adrenaline starts coursing through your body. Uh, cortisol starts coursing through your body. And glucose or sugar starts close- coursing through your body. So that's immediately uh, reacting. Then physiologically, your heart rate starts racing, Mm. your blood pressure goes up, and then what's interesting is your immune system starts shutting down. And I always watch a lot of animal documentaries, so I always, um, as I'm understanding how humans are different, I'm kind of dissecting. Last night, I I was our planet. Check out our planet. If you have any questions about climate change, renewable energy, the need for renewable energy. Or how humans should live in balance with other species because we are not the only ones on the fucking planet. Facts. Watch our planet on Netflix. Okay. Plug. We're just plugging all. We're plug, we charging everybody yes. up out here. So, yes, I was watching that last night. But anyways, I watch. I like to learn. But anyways. Um, so, say you have a lion attacking a gazelle, right? Somehow... There comes something that's a threat to the lion. The lion runs away and the gazelle is able to get free. You will, well, one, the immune system starts shutting down in addition to your heart racing and uh, your blood pressure going up because if you are about to be eaten, you don't necessarily want to feel that. (laughs) Mm. So those parts of your uh, system aren't necessarily needed at that time. Actually, would be a hindrance to you escaping. Yeah. Also, say you just had a big ass meal. Like we talking Thanksgiving, I'm stuffed, pants unbuttoned type of meal, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about. Making and then you hear a loud bang against the wall, your immune system gonna be like, hey, now is not the time to focus on your digestion. <laughs> I know, but that'd be the worst time. That's when people catch you when you're eating. But no, but your body's like, hey, we don't need to focus all energy on your digestion. We need to focus on surviving this motherfucker. That's true. true. (laughs) Okay. But one thing that I realized is when that gazelle is able to be free, it will physically shake its entire body. So then, like, before I was trained in all of this, I was like, why the hell are they doing that? Before they would get up and, like, go about their business. And I'm like, now that I'm understanding, it's like, if you have all this energy happening in your body and your body is tensing and tightening up, you need to get that energy out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then have your rest. Right. Okay. It's like a period like where you're like, like you're up, 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 up. 
and you need to go back down. You need to have yep. your period of rest. Okay. Right. Now, I'm wondering if I should break down the behavior. Fuck mm. you. People need to know. Cause all like, this I, I'm going to break it down, it. but I'm trying to think the order. Um, I'll just go with the flow. So, so the reason post-traumatic stress disorder occurs is because you experience 30 plus days of this human stress response. 30 plus days yeah. of you just going up, 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 and you're never having a time of relaxation. Now, again, let's look at the history of black people, okay? We were constantly fearing for our life every day, every moment of the day. We were constantly fearing for the lives of our children, the lives of our loved ones. Mm -hmm. Every day, every moment of every day. Even when we were relaxing, we still, that was a constant threat for 400 years, okay? Then you had segregation and Jim Crow. Still a constant threat. Not, we're not just talking about murder. We're talking about torture. Right. Okay. And the worst, I, I think the worst torture, I I don't know of anything worse. Like, like we're talking tar and feather. It's like, this. we talking. Just, like, uh, oh my God, the one story where there was a pregnant woman. And right, she, that's, they what, were that's what I was thinking about. And they ripped the baby out. That's like, what I was thinking about. Like, who, I've never heard anything worse than that in terms of torture. Who the fuck does that? And then we're not even talking about the brandings or the whippings, you know? So like as as a human being, how do you do that to someone? Well, they dehumanized us, that's how. They made us not even human. We but were cattle, still, property. That's the way they could justify that cognitive ass dissonance to Ugh. be able to do that shit to another human being. Sick people. To another yo. living For being. real. Sick people. Okay. So we weren't just worried about the murder. This goes to show torture. you we could get normalized. Exactly. Just shows you. And women, you know, rape repeatedly, over constantly. Then again, our daughters, okay? They would say bullshit like blaming the black woman for being so sexy and like seducing the white man. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want you, nigga. None of them want, <laughs> none of them. No. The fuck? No. Okay, so, so that was back then. Now, if you're growing up in the hood... Not only do you have to worry about an unsafe neighborhood, mm -hmm. you also have to worry about your parents because a lot of times the hood is impoverished areas, okay? So your Redlining, parents... back to our last mm -hmm. episode, all connects. Exactly. So your parents um, may not be financially stable. Mm -hmm. So that means, do you have a, a roof over your head? Do you have clothes on your back? Do you have food to wear? Do you have water to drink? Do you have gas right. to heat your food? If you're if you're a child and you're constantly questioning your baseline need of food, water, and shelter and safety, what is going on? Trauma. I am constantly having my adrenaline pumping. I'm constantly having cortisol pumping. I'm constantly having sugar pumping. I'm constantly having my heart racing, my blood pressure going, my immune system shutting down. Not to mention when we talk about these hoods. You're talking about food deserts, yo. Mm -hmm. So you're in malnutrition on top of that. And then when I go to school, this bitch don't like me. Yep. This bitch trying to send me to jail. Oh, yeah. You're basically in a jail already. Like, you got yep. the bells ready. Mm -hmm. 
You got your schedule. You got your prison food. food, Mm -hmm. Literally your prison food. Mm -hmm. And you got your outside time. Okay. Recess. So, that being said, when you're understanding trauma within the black community, you also need to understand epigenetics. Ooh, I, I really, oh, this is a good topic. <laughs> I really want y'all to pay attention to this so, because it, it, it's... Yeah, so what I was talking about before is historical Ooh. trauma, mm-hmm. okay? So that Wait is that. trauma that we've been through as a people historically, okay? But now when you're looking at epigenetics, mm-hmm. I want you to think about genes as a light switch, okay? Ooh. I never heard this one. So we all have the gene, but it can be on or off. Okay. I'm following you. So say my parents went through trauma. Uh Okay. If I grew up in a safe neighborhood where they were very attentive, very intentional in their parenting, if they were loving and caring for me, if I didn't have to worry about a roof over my head, the food that I was eating, the clothes on my back, you know, if I felt safe and secure with all the love and empowerment for me to grow Mm -hmm. with no racial discrimination, with plenty of access to opportunities, Mm -hmm. That trauma switch may stay off. Mm. But we often, as blacks in America, are still continuously experiencing systemic oppression, institutionalized racism, police brutality, as well as mass incarceration, racial discrimination, especially with that man in the presidency. Yeah, for sure. So, it's in our face every day. Even if you had a loving home, even if you had a safe environment, it does not mean that that trauma switch will stay off mm. as black people in America. Now, I want you to think about epigenetics, and I want you to think about a pregnant woman, okay? Okay. okay. So if a pregnant woman is experiencing high stress, that is transferring to the fetus inside of her womb. Hmm. So now before my child has even came into this world, I am already sending stress into it. Hmm. And that's, and they say, and I just learned this like from a client cause he's taking a health and social justice class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this shit is so believable. He said, Black women in America, no matter the class, so if they're poverty or affluent, Mm -hmm. have low birth rates. So black women in America, both low socioeconomic status and high, have low birth rates. rates. But if you look at white women in America Mm -hmm. and African women in African countries, Mm -hmm. they have high birth rates. And he was saying it's because white women in America and African women in African countries have the people that look like them as the majority. Mm. So their race is automatically taken off the table as a stressor. Right. Whereas black people in America, no matter the socioeconomic status or class, has to worry about that. Mm. Damn. So yes, it impacts our community, okay? 
Now, I want you to remember what I said when tr- when you have a stressful situation, when you have a dangerous, life-threatening situation, you have sugar coursing through your body and your blood pressure is up. They have told us for years that our diet was the one responsible for our high diabetes in the black community and our high blood pressure in the black community. But if we are constantly stressed, if we are constantly mm-hmm. traumatized with no fucking rest period mm-hmm. where we can just take a breath a break to breathe and just live. Can I live? Can I be black? <laughs> no, seriously. Like it's, uh, it's almost like an inherent thing like that. We're supposed to be grinding and working and going, going and going, going, especially if, if not, it's like we're seen as lazy because we black people get labeled with the lazy thing. Real Even quick. though somebody went to an entire continent different than them to get out of working. I'm just, So anyways, <laughs> uh, what else can you say? They, they said that it was due to our diet, but then I was looking into that and I'm like, so if you look into our ancestors' foods, if you go back and track what they're eating in Africa and what our ancestors ate and stuff like that, mm-hmm. we weren't using artificial anything. We were eating from the land. Okay. And so if there wasn't artificial sugar, you just had fruits and that was the extent of our sugar. So what the hell do we have high That's diabetes? That's all I eat for? now and I'm okay? doing great. And then our blood pressure, it's like, yes, we like salt, but we were also very uh, physically active, okay? Just came from the gym this morning. And so now if you look at today, uh, how many fast foods exist in the hood? How many liquor stores? And because of all that, like I said, with the food deserts, you're not getting any of those Produce from the land. From the land. Okay. And that's yeah, it used to be basically our whole diet. That's what we lived off of. That's why we care so much about the land. Exactly. So people blame soul food for our stuff because that was slave food. Oh, no. If you actually look at slave food and study the history of what we were eating, what we, we eat. were actually mimicking what we were eating in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's some of the shit we were eating came from Africa. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yes, soul food wasn't what did it to us, y'all, as far as our issues today, okay? It's our trauma and our stress, as well as these fast foods and uh, restaurants and all the artificial sugars we're consuming. Right. You cut those things out, you be straight for the most part. So now I want to talk about the behavior response to trauma. So remember, you have adrenaline flowing, you have cortisol flowing and glucose, sugar Mm -hmm. flowing. Then you have your heart racing, your blood pressure flowing. Then you have your immune system shutting down. Your behavior is going to result in hypervigilance. Yeah. Which means you are very alert to everything going on around you. So, all right, now I got to get a little personal since I grew up in the hood a little bit. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? All right, from New New Jersey, y'all know what it is, Brick City. Fuck Cory Booker. Don't vote for that guy. <laughs> for real, don't vote for Cory Booker. He's trash. Come on, what you doing? Think about it. I know the dude. He's the mayor. Anyways, so I'm from that, um, that used to be hood, probably getting gentrified as we speak. <laughs> Whew. They're coming for everybody. I haven't been in like uh, two two years. It's been two That's years. That's another thing. Illegal evictions. Gentrification. Yeah, all that. Cultural appropriation. But I was... Uh, I was the definition of a good kid, mad city. Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> that was me. I was trying to stay the fuck out of trouble, but you know, I grew up around 
You know, yeah, yeah and, and, it is. and I just want to point out, people, if you fix poverty, you fix crime. Not all of it, but a it, lot of it. It would, it would drop a lot. <laughs> I'll tell okay. you that much. It would drop a significantly. If you put you jobs did. in the hood, as Does well it? as access to mental health care, as well as Talk supportive schools that focus on Afrocentric education, okay? Talk about it. Doug, come on now. If you have the food that we need to put energy into our bodies and stop policing our communities the way that you are, I'm just saying. We would be good. But they don't want us to be good. And that's part of what my story is. Like, I was hypervigilant all the time because Mm -hmm. I was trying to stay out of trouble. Mm -hmm. So you see what I'm saying? So... You know how, like, some white kids, uh, the, the, it's, like, the story of, like, the rich white kids who, like, just do crazy stuff, and it's, like, it's whatever, man, we gotta just live it up, woo! Like, <laughs> that, who just do crazy things, like, on spring break or whatever like that. White privilege! Right. I, I was, like, nah, bro. Like, I was the one who's, like, yo, I, I don't even want to smoke that, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do none of that, I don't want to be caught there. I was, like, mm. not living, because I was, like, making sure I was straight. Just in case something happened. Because mm-hmm. I knew even if I didn't do anything, I could get blamed for something. Mm-hmm. So if I did do something, I damn sure could get blamed for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to stay out of as much trouble as I could when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I still got into some trouble. But it was because I was so hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. And that was just in a, a preventative kind of way. You got to think about if something actually happened to you. Yeah. Fortunately for me, you know, because I, I was... You know, pretty smart. And, and your parents stick. did a great job. My parents did of an amazing job. Putting Shout out to in, mom in, and pops. Yeah, mwah, mwah, mwah. love y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all did your thing. Because uh, you put like a little bubble, bubble around <laughs> your boy to get him out the hood. And mm-hmm. you know, even though I'm in Oakland now. <laughs> <laughs> From one hood to another. <laughs> hey, but I love the hood because I love the people there because they have a good spirit. Mm-hmm. They've just been through so much trauma. Huh. Trouble. And. It causes these reactions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hypervigilance. And and I and I see it like um, when we're on the bus mm-hmm. and the fact that you can focus because I grew up um, like I went from a diverse area I'm like to born, a white yo, rural area. I'm like born. So like, you know how you like map out certain things and you can like escape shit. Yeah, and I, I'm I, like I, unconsciously I do I was shit like, like you this. was thinking about all of that. <laughs> and like he'll still be talking to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm not like, like when stuff going on that I'm aware of. I'm like, I can't focus I, I on can you. Do, I gotta I focus can, on what's happening. It's real crazy. It's because why? It's why like me and my boys, we used to we do shit where like you could talk about shit and mm-hmm. look like you're talking about something else, mm-hmm. so that nobody notices what you're talking about. <laughs> Basically, like yeah, all that. So you see this motherfucker right here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? If we don't get out of out of here right now. He gonna fuck us up, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's beat it. All right, peace. All right. All right, I'm see you later. Something like that it was, like, common because we just had to get the fuck out of situations. I and, don't know uh, it's, This is what I'm saying. Like, it was, it was just funny shit like that. So, it was more of me getting out of situations and being hypervigilant to make sure I didn't, like, get caught up in no shit. Mm-hmm. But other people, it's like, they're in the shit and that's why they being hypervigilant. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, you're very alert to everything that's going around you. So, just, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> For real. Okay. Um, that's just one. That's uh, just response. one for behavior. Next, you have hyperarousal. Mm. Hyperarousal means you're very sensitive to detail. So I explain this to my clients, like um, with uh, PTSD within soldiers. If Ooh, they were yeah. in a foreign country um, and they're, you know, trauma during war, you know, um, whether it's declared or undeclared, because mm. we be in war and don't even know it. Right. But anyways, um. 
You're very sensitive to detail, meaning your senses are heightened. So humans, we have the least consciousness over our sense of smell. Mm -hmm. The only times we're really aware of our sense of smell is when we're eating or there's some like kind of strong fragrance. Okay. That smells trash. Yeah, our smells (laughs) trash. Okay. But when we are experiencing stress, life-threatening, dangerous situations, um, our senses are heightened. Mm-hmm. So we could register unconsciously a sense of smell over in whatever country we were traumatized in. And then years later, smell the same thing unconsciously and automatically respond, having no idea of that connection. Right. Okay. So again, very sensitive to detail. Your senses are heightened. Not only are you alert to everything, you are fine tuned on everything that is happening. Right. And you hear that in other traumatic situations too, where it's like um, in instances of like sexual assault or something else like that. If there's any like aroma mm-hmm. that was going on within the or room like or colors. something like that, yeah, uh, anything that textures, that, that, yeah. yeah, like you said, those 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 senses, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. that stands out. It will literally like burn like almost an image yeah. or uh, whatever whatever it is sound sound yeah, yeah. into you, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of like leaves leave it there. So that you remember it, mm-hmm. because your body, is, like you said, we we're breaking out before, is trying to protect you. It's like so in case this shit, you see this shit again, yo, guard up. Basically, that's what your body's doing, and it's yeah. just naturally defense doing defense mechanism. Defense. Again, it's trying to survive. Right. Okay. All of this is survival mode. All of it. Yeah. Okay. But you're not supposed to be in survival mode twenty four seven, and that's the problem. Exactly. So that being said, that leads me into the last behavior response is insomnia. Mm. If you are trying to survive, yeah. nigga, you can't sleep. That's the opposite of survival. <laughs> now is not the time. Nah, you sleep to when rest. you die. You sleep when you die. I hear, used to hear that all the time. Yeah. You sleep when you die. You sleep when you die. Again, I don't got time. a part of the time. culture, you know? So, that being said, again, we're never having a period of rest, which is why self-care is so crucially important to our people. And yeah. I did I did realize it when I saw the movie. It was Glory. The movie Glory, um, when they were, when the soldiers were like camping, so they were around the campfire, they were singing songs, they were telling yeah. stories, all that good stuff, good times, you know. <laughs> and the, the white general was talking to Morgan Freeman, and he was like, how are they able to just right. check out that like that? Yeah. Like, how are they just able? And he's like, you had to do that during slavery. You had to be able to quickly be able to just relax, because that's all the time that you had, you right. know? So, like, we have our humor and our, our style and mm. our, our sense of ourselves is very natural to us, and we're able to tap into it. However, we need more than just that. We yeah. need healing. We need a break, first right. off, from experiencing all the stress and the life-threatening situations, okay? See, half of us don't even know, like, and that's why we're doing the episode, half mm-hmm. of us don't even know that we've been through all this stuff and mm-hmm. how it's affected us. Throughout generations, yeah, like you said, yeah. it goes passed down through generations. That Whether you birth. trying to or not. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's an unconscious thing. Exactly. Like you are, your body is reacting. Mm-hmm. It's having an effect on your health. Mm-hmm. That being said, so if you experience that for 30 plus days, 30 plus days, we're talking a month. A month in the hood. <laughs> We've experienced trauma for centuries. If you live in the hood, you experience it daily. Come on Okay, so 30 plus days, and that's post-traumatic stress disorder, okay? Now, what happens when you're when information is constantly going to your emotional brain because you're trying to survive is that your thinking brain doesn't develop like it should. 
Now, mind you, thinking brain isn't fully developed until you're 25, but that doesn't mean we allow kids to just go without using logic, rationale, reasoning, or judgment. Nah, we're right. teaching toddlers. Uh, think about your choice. Right. You got two options. What you want? You, know, you yeah. gotta unlearn some of the BS so that you can learn the right things. Exactly. Because okay. some of like like you're saying with your toddler example, mm-hmm. you teach them the right way going forward, they'll be fine in most cases. <laughs> but, but, but but if if you never learn those things, or if you oh, or if you got Lord. traumatized, okay, so and that, that stopped your growth. It's one thing if you never learned it. Okay, that's yeah, that's just yeah, you really yeah, and then trauma yeah. on top of that. Whoo! But um, which is a but lot that, of the that's case a lot of cases in the hood, that's a lot of cases. especially because of teen pregnancy. For honestly, real. it's like the parent didn't learn it to teach it. Okay, it's yo all facts. Yeah, that shit happens all the time. Exactly, which is why I'm trying to do my parenting classes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we try to do a lot of stuff, man. We're trying, really trying to help out here. Exactly. So. Now you have the impact. Mm-hmm. How does experiencing this day in, day out for centuries through the generations impact you? Well, if I have new information that's constantly going into my emotional brain mm-hmm. and I'm not forming my thinking brain as I should, as some of my peers are, because they have the safety and uh, accessibility to do that. Mm-hmm. Now... Mind you, adrenaline's coursing, blood pressure's up, sugar's coursing, cortisol's coursing. Now that's impacting my health. Not only my mental and emotional health, but my physical health. We have diabetes and high blood pressure for a reason. Because we're stressed. Okay? So now it's impacting my health. And then because I'm not using my thinking brain to continuously training myself to use it so I'm a pro by the time I'm 25 when I have full access to it. That can also impact your learning and your memory. How often do kids have trouble in school? One, they can't even focus on what's going on in school. They got everything they got to go back home to. Right. Shit, they may not even be able to focus in school. School is literally sometimes their escape. So they're trying to enjoy it. They're trying to enjoy it. They're trying to have fun. Again, that break. That break. Mm -hmm. So when you're telling them to learn, they, of course, they're going to see learning as punishment because it's like you're taking away their only time when mm-hmm. they can have fun. Mm-hmm. But you don't look at it from that perspective because you're not looking at it from trauma perspective. And that's what we're trying to do is trying to let you know, like, this shit is affecting millions. Like, we're talking about so many of us still in these pockets of poverty. Yeah. And it's causing a continuous cycle mm-hmm. of trauma, mm-hmm. which is, again, affecting our communities. Yeah. You know, so the last um, impact that it has a long lasting, long term impact Mm -hmm. is on our relationships. And this is the key one when it comes to, I think, Nipsey Hussle Mm -hmm. and when it comes to relating to other people, Mm -hmm. especially just other black people, Mm -hmm. other black men, especially. Because if you are constantly stressed, constantly in survival mode where you're trying to survive, worried about your safety, you can't really trust other people. You don't feel like you can. You don't feel safe enough to. And also, with the damaged ego, you feel like your only way of protecting yourself is through self-respect and that's one of the pieces i wanted to talk about which was like the manhood piece Mm. um and this part of our culture 
when it comes to not only hip hop but like just black men in general. Oh my god, y'all kill me with the whole <laughs> you stepped on my shoe, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think it really it does come down to that because when you are in a state of poverty, like you were saying, um, and you're in that situation where you're yeah you're in the hood right now and you you gotta do what you have to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Um. Respect is literally the only thing you can hold on to. You know, Nipsey represented someone who made it out of the hood but still wanted to give back, you know? Mm-hmm. So he had something. He had, like, a purpose. You could see it within him. He was walking with it. Mm-hmm. Like, his impact is going to be everlasting. There's going to be a, a million more Nipsey's after him because of him, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the goal, to have even... Actually... Scratch that. Beyond Nipsey. Because that's what he would want. He would want someone to be even better than him. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the goal. But if you don't have that, if you have not found your purpose because you've never had an environment that nurtured you to look for it. Yeah, you have to be able, you have to be exposed to your purpose. You won't know it unless you see it outside of yourself. And then you're like, ooh, this is what I like to do. This is what's familiar to me. This is what I want to do. But you have to have resources and access to it. Right. And permission to explore it. Right. That's the other thing. If you if you literally have been told your whole life you are this in this box right here. Like you are this hood, drug dealer, that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't even imagine nothing else. This is all you're gonna be, but you got you gotta have your respect. So then that's the only thing you can hold on to. So whenever that's get yeah, that gets checked, mm-hmm. and even in the slightest way, you feel like well, this is all I got. I have to protect this. Mm-hmm. So that ego matching with the trauma, it's, it's, it's cause for disaster. I mean, this is not the first case where I think this has happened. Oh, um, and you were saying um, before the show mm-hmm. that this man may have been feeling like Nipsey was able to do all that he couldn't. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When it comes down to like, when you look at the path of Nipsey Hussle, Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at some of his history, like we're talking about somebody who was really grinding. Like he was selling his music, mm-hmm. you know, independently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was really trying to like do his own things um, and put people on throughout his career as well, and then uplift people. He was trying to do so many other things, and then the fact that he got the woman that he wanted, you know, he found mm-hmm. his queen, his mm-hmm. treasure. Uh, <laughs> And that's, I don't know about you, but Lauren London is gorgeous. She's like, like on, she used to be on everybody's top five, like I mean, in terms yeah. of, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And you saw the evolution of their uh, relationship mm-hmm. and how it was beautiful and it was actually molding and, and shaping each other into better people. And you see all that. And all that comes from, again, knowing your purpose. And then, mm-hmm. like Nips was saying, like staying focused on that, not, you know, not getting distracted by all that clown stuff. Mm-hmm. You see that. You see somebody going for their purpose. And you're not mad at yourself for not finding your purpose or encouraged or inspired to get your to find your purpose. You you get you turn that into animosity towards that person mm-hmm. as if he's doing it in spite of you. And see, this is where also the response to trauma happens. And um, at our previous place of employment, they called it um, Ray Ray. And how Ray Ray is right. popping off with aggression 
because they're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. So, and it's interesting, if you study trauma within indigenous populations, um, they have a high suicide rate, Mm. whereas uh, if you look at the black community, it's a high homicide rate. And like within our community, it's everything's internalized. So we hate ourselves and therefore we hate each other. We're not looking at our actual oppressors because right. often proximity, they are near us. Right. Okay. Um, it's a lot easier to do that. Yeah. To, to hate. Or that, well, the conditioning is there for sure. Mm-hmm. Not only is it from them, we also condition each other, yeah. which was again, a survival tactic. All right. If Massa's looking at my daughter, she's the ugliest girl in the world. I ain't pr- I ain't saying nothing about you look pretty nothing. Okay? Right. So then you get put down and you think your skin actually does look ugly. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, no, nah, to... you don't want her. She dumb. She ugly. She lame. Right, right, you, don't right. want her? you don't want to rape her. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. no. She's ugly. She's ugly. Ah. So now all your daughter has heard is that she's ugly. Her skin is ugly. From then until now and now we're still talking about Black is ugly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you ugly black. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Cut all that. You don't even know the history. Why are you even saying that? Exactly. Okay. So the conditioning is deep. Psychological conditioning happened throughout slavery and segregation till now. Okay. That, that was their biggest thing that they did to, to yeah. us that is still impacting us. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So now this person has all of that inside of them. Yeah. This person has all this inside of them, and then Nipsey comes again to the hood, and then allegedly, again, I don't know exactly what went on that day, but what what's being said is that he just had like a disagreement with him coming around because of his past involvements with um, other people. Mm-hmm. You know, just got you know, it just was like, yo, let's just go our separate ways. Like I'm just here, it's my store, chilling. How about you just go your separate way? And I will say to this point, whether it's that or the government paid him, um, both, both scenarios come from individualism. And that's the point. That's really the point that I want to drive home. A person doesn't do that unless they're hurt Mm -hmm. from the trauma that we spoke of, Mm -hmm. um, or in some way in their environment are so easily were so easily able to be corrupted. Like, that means you don't have any principles. That mm-hmm. means you don't have any values. Mm-hmm. That means, again, you haven't found an actual purpose. But to to the point of individualism, mm-hmm. so individualism that applies to the conspiracy theory of the government targeting um, Nipsey by paying off this guy, mm-hmm. that means that money meant that much that you could take somebody's life. Right. Okay. All right, so that's... That, and, and also, who ad- he is, addressing too. the poverty... And what he's doing, right. addressing the poverty, this money will help me, and it's worth it to take somebody's life, to impact my community this way. Or, in, in the scenario that you're saying, um, that somebody doesn't want me around and, and all that stuff, like, mm-hmm. it, again, it's, it's the individualism that I, you know, I, it, it's all about me. Right, like, I need to... Feel respected. Feel respected. You know? I need to show you that I can be wherever I want to be. You know, all that. Like, Mm -hmm. as if you couldn't just be like, man, I feel like this is like, or come back another day or whatever, Mm -hmm. blow off some steam some other way. Mm -hmm. The fact that you went so far as to kill another man Mm -hmm. because you felt disrespected in that way. And not not, like he said nothing crazy to you or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. 
And even if he did, you you felt like it was justified to kill this man. And I, I think we in the community have mistaken disrespect for life-threatening. Right. And that does not always mean that. But that's what I meant by going back to that. Some people don't have anything to hold on to but their respect. So then that's mm-hmm. that, that becomes the rationale. Like, oh, it's worth it. Whatever. But that's then again, got. that goes back to the individualism. Because... Mm-hmm. We as a people used to be collectivists. Right. We used to be Common very communal purpose. that I am because we are. <clears throat> if I if my community is mm-hmm. not benefiting, then I am not benefiting. Right. And that's the thing. The things Nipsey was doing would have helped this man's children and mm-hmm. future generations. Mm-hmm. Would have helped him probably. Mm-hmm. Would have probably got that man a job afterwards. You think not? Yeah, he was hiring people um, from out of prison yeah, and stuff. Sure yeah, to try to reduce recidivism. So, yeah. This, this, so, so how exactly does it create the cycle within our culture? Well, I think <clears throat> when it comes to culture, especially when it comes to hip-hop, we have this problem with machismo and getting into these beefs. And I get some of it is obviously for money, money mainstream value, controversy, and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But when it gets out of hand, it gets out of hand. And we need to know when to leave it like on the records and all that other stuff and leave it lyrical. Like if you got some bars and you're talking about all this stuff, then you already know what it is. Just but leave it on the track. Keep it on the track. That's like it. honestly, the best example of this, and this is what I want most people to do, is look at Meek Mill and Drake. That shit was great. I love that battle. Drake yeah. bodied that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well. But, but Meek came back and Meek then I was like. Yeah. And Drake did not respond technically. <laughs> and then, and then Drake, then Drake just did and he all just ended. He just he came out with the um, Degrassi video of that yeah. song. Yeah, 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 I just yeah. know the Degrassi, and everybody was hyped about that. And we forgot about the 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 beef, but yeah. but afterwards, he I mean, Meek went to jail, and then and then that whole situation happened. Oh, but, I was talking about the recent one. Oh, you talking about Pusha T? No, that one's bad. Oh, that was Pusha T. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I thought. You, yeah, that, that one was. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know about the Meek Mill one with Drake. Uh, yeah, that was, um, 2016. Oh, okay. That was 2016. I remember because all summer 16, whew, anyways, <laughs> y'all know what y'all talking about. <laughs> but that beef was crazy, but they squashed it and they got back together and it, it kept, it was just lyrical. Mm-hmm. That's how it needs to be. There doesn't need to be anything where it goes crazy to the streets in terms of like the people that you are, have a crew with. The people that you actually hang with, that you um, boys with before you got famous or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't need to be yapping and then getting you in trouble, hyping your head up, and then saying get you saying something reckless. Like we really need to stop all that because there should be brotherhoods within hip hop. There's so yeah. many people that have so many stories that are similar that y'all need to be collaborating and making this money. Mm-hmm. You know how many times you can do things where you can collaborate, go on tours, make mm-hmm. a hell of money on tours. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be a rapper that's not on tour right now. There should be constant tours. There should be constant people getting their names out there and collaborating with other people, exposing each other to other sounds, other cultures. You know what I'm saying? Down south meeting uh, West Coast and everything else, exchanging those sounds, going international, bringing hip-hop to Africa more. This is what y'all should be doing with your your talents. Instead of making it a thing about like, oh, I'm going to take you down or something else like that. I get it when it comes to like competition, mm-hmm. but when it gets out of the music, it doesn't make sense. And it leads to other stuff. When it comes to disrespecting the brothers within the community, 
we got to talk about disrespecting the sisters in our community. Like, come on. Like, most of the music that comes out is hella disrespectful to women. Yeah. Let's just be real about it. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to anything, and I'm talking about, like, when it comes to women who embrace their sexuality, we call them, like, sluts or whatever else like that, mm-hmm. hoes or whatever else like that. It's like, uh, are you looking in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a whole bunch of man hoes. Like, man stop, stop slut shaming. Okay, let's be sex positive. If you are and it having, don't make no sense. if you are Why having are you consensual sex, consensual sex, everybody getting tested, we all good, or we're having conversations about our status or whatever you need to do, but everybody knows about everything. It's a yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Why does it fucking matter if you ain't in it? And that's the other thing is um, when it comes to the trauma piece, I wanted to talk about like the escape, escapism piece. Because mm-hmm. when it comes to sex, sex within the culture, I feel like it's used as escapism. Um, really? and some, um, when some people use sex, it's just like, oh, like a form of domination and control, a control in, in replacement of actual intimacy and relationships. You know what I'm saying? Like, even within our music, it's like, it's just a, a like, a quick here and there. And those things happen. But when it's only, de- when women are only diminished to just that within your music, and you don't have any other, like, variation mm, to it, mm. it kind of becomes like a, the black woman, because that's usually what we're picturing, yeah. becomes just this mm-hmm. in, in the category that, that, uh, that you're speaking of. Especially because of how widespread spread hip-hop is. Yeah. Like, you are role models whether you like it or not. People are listening to you. You have a platform. I'm not saying every rapper has to do that because, like, there are little lanes where it's, like, <laughs> party music. I get that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you have to literally say some things that are crazy. Well, you don't You have can to. still respect women. <laughs> but you can still say it in a way that doesn't necessarily take it over the line. And you know what it means to go over the line. You can say some wild stuff about things that actually happen. Um... Mm-hmm. But some of these girls that actually um, are hurt and, and are hurt from trauma, sometimes they use sex to escape. And instead of it, them looking at it like as this filthy girl who's just like, I could throw away and it's like not human, you know, mm-hmm. like almost like that. Mm-hmm. You, you need to look at it from that perspective as well. Like some of these girls are looking, that's why I fucked with a lot of Wale's music. Sometimes he said that like, yo, why you uh... Why you want to do this so bad? <laughs> he said one of his stuff in, in one of his videos. I forgot which one it was. But it was just basically like reflecting on a time when the groupies didn't just seem like people who he could just take advantage of. But like he wanted to be introspective and ask like, why is my fame worth you mm. just giving yourself up like that? You know what I mean? Damn. So I just like personally like some of that music... Um, for myself, mm-hmm. but within the culture, it doesn't need to be all that. I like conscious shit, and I like ratchet shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you need to have a separation. Sophisticated. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm the first one to go to. Well, I'm not the first one to go to a party, but yeah. at a party when Thank I'm there, you. when I'm when I am at a party, mm-hmm. shit. We sophisticated, ratchet or ratchetated, okay? <laughs> you know, so there's got to be a balance. But that's what I'm saying. There, there seems to be an imbalance, an imbalance, and it's always. Uh, leading towards more of this escapism culture. Mm-hmm. Um, with the women, that's one thing. Then it comes to the drugs part. 
Like we're always over medicate, especially now popping mollies. So fucking so um, when I was lean, I was watching like Hip Hop Evolution, um, that documentary. Yeah, 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 and it was interesting because, yeah, it was like you know chicken or the egg. Which one came first? Was it people were doing it and then people are telling the story about doing it, or the mm. the singers or the rappers are saying it and then people are doing it in response? You know, like which one is uh, preceding the other? And and I learned in that that yeah the. The gangsta rap that was growing mm-hmm. was just rappers talking, telling their story of what they were experiencing, and their life was violence and drugs. Yeah, yeah. no, it really was. Yeah, back then. Mm-hmm. Now all y'all lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. Not everybody's lying. Not everybody. But um, yeah. but there are a lot of y'all that are really lying. <laughs> like Kashi Sakan. Yeah. Creating drama for no damn reason. Yeah, exactly. We still ain't listening to your music. No, I know. I mean, I love people hard though. You just got a lot of people. <laughs> But yeah, when it comes to the drugs and stuff like that, excuse me, that's a big piece because that's a huge escapism within our culture now. It's popping pills, getting drugged up, getting hella high. Basically, and not doing unhealthy coping mechanisms for all of our trauma. All the trauma stuff. Okay, go to therapy, find yourself a black therapist, process your shit, get out of the hood or make the hood safe. That's also a possibility. Because yeah. I would love this whole renovation and cleanup of our hoods, but for the people who actually live there. Right. Not just clean it up for people... Who don't. Who don't. Who you want to... Kick out the culture. <laughs> like, all right, we'll kick y'all out. All right, now we'll clean it up. Hey, new land. It's called gentrification. <laughs> it's called... They haven't learned a goddamn thing. But anyways... <laughs> um, yeah, so with the whole drug culture, you gotta just be careful with that. We don't need to be pushing that on us because, again, it's escaping from or distracting from the main topic of trauma, and that's what we need to address. Mm-hmm. You know, all this, I think, ties into trauma. Um, yeah. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, man. That's all I had to really say. I want to go over the last thing. Um, Oh wait, uh, with Charlemagne, he made a point um, that kind of relates to this, and I wanted to like quote him. I'm not sure if this is actually his quote, but I'm gonna give him some credit on it. Um, we're passing down trauma, and we're calling it tradition. Mm. I think this goes for a lot of stuff when it comes to whipping our kids, <laughs> when it comes to the food we eat that we talked about, mm-hmm. when it comes to the neighborhoods that we live in. When it comes to the way that we treat our brothers and, we, uh, and the way that we treat our sisters. Um, and the way that we treat those who are trying to uplift our community. How we usually don't show appreciation for them until after they're gone. Mm. Admittedly, I've done the same Like when it came to Nipsey. Mm-hmm. So we need to appreciate the people who are doing the work in the present um, and support them. Yeah. Not with just lip service. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like so many people in my TL were saying that they were inspired by Nipsey's actions. What I'm um, about to run through mm-hmm. some of the things that he did for the community. And it's like, I love that you are inspired. I love that you were feeling closer to your community and wanting to give back to your community, but I don't need just words. I have made it my life's purpose to give back to my community in a multiple ways of, of areas, but I need you to act. Okay. I have a black bank. Do you? 
My landlord's black. The people I work with, my employer, as well as my clients are black. Yep, yep. Because that was my choice. Some people, depending on your field, don't have that. But we're also entrepreneurs up in here. This ain't the only thing we're doing. I mean, clearly, you see us, you hear us. Exactly, okay? And it's like, my doctor's not black, but she Asian, and she ain't white. So, <laughs> um, you know, like, actually consciously choosing black, choosing to spend your money black to give back and build up in our communities. I need your actions to speak louder than your words. Because if you weren't already about this and already putting things into place, then I'm really questioning if you're really being honest right now. Cause it's easy to say, like that's why I meant at the beginning when we were talking about distancing ourselves from everybody else and not being clouded by everyone's opinions. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people were doing this just for like numbers and mm-hmm. just to just talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to talk about the death of a great man, I want there to be a great message at the end. And I want you to actually take that message and use it, apply it with action. Because mm-hmm. that's what this man was about. He was about action. He was a smart brother who planned out his his his, um, his vision and his purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to continue it or to continue our purposes to collectively Go towards our, our collective purpose, which is to just be free to support each other and to love each other. And if we can't do that, then that's a shame on us. And I wanted to read um, something that I had posted about mm. actually asking people um, if they were serious. About what they said. Um, oh, when it comes to... Um, to being inspired mm. by Nipsey Hussle. Why is this thing... Let's filter this. Most mm-hmm. recent. Okay, there we go. Alright, here we go. What are you doing to build the black community? What will be your legacy? Mm. How are you helping the next generation of humanity? How are you regularly supporting black businesses? And I said, again, all my life, I've been focusing on giving back. I've been focusing on building my community and stuff. And I'm glad that you all are inspired. But what actions are you taking to actually better black America? And with that, let's go into what Nipsey Hussle was doing to better black America. Let's end on a positive note. Yes. Nipsey Hustle, rest in power. Mm-hmm. We about to show <laughs> the people what you were doing for your community. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully these examples will propel you to do the same within yours. And again, we need help in a lot of different areas. Okay? A lot. Yeah. As you can see. With all so whatever talents you have, man, exactly. use, it, use it to the betterment of your community. And be creative. It doesn't I mean, have to be he, something that already exists. Yeah, that's what Nipsey was doing. Like he mm-hmm. had his own lane. He created lanes for other people. Maybe that's that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. If you can't do it yourself, maybe you have the uh, the resources to help someone else. It's part of it too. All right. So this is from the root. 
Among um, Nipsey Hussle's many notable accomplishments, the February purchase of the shopping plaza in his South Central neighborhood, where his Marathon clothing store is located, his support of Destination Crenshaw, a new arts project, open-air museum, and outdoor art and culture center celebrating Black Los Angeles. Mm. Hustle donated shoes to and funded the renovation of a Crenshaw Elementary School's playground and basketball courts. He launched Too Big to Fail as part of a partnership with Vector 90, which led to the opening of a co-working space for a STEM initiative for local youth. There were plans to in the works to duplicate the program in Atlanta, Baltimore, and Chicago. Mm. He also owns several other businesses in real estate. And then um, they have they have this uh, this piece in there that says Hustle wasn't just a musician; he was a movement. And it's a a picture, and it's been going around on um, on social media. And it's a picture of him with like a circle diagram around him, and it's basically showing all of his investments um, and how he's trying to uh, build. Mm. So just going around. So yeah, he co-founded a STEM academy with plans to expand across three cities. He had an active role in establishing Destination Crenshaw, a 1.3 mile public art space honoring LA's black heritage set to open in 2020. Um, Introduce a hashtag proud to pay model earning over an estimated $1.5 million as an independent artist. This figure does not include merch or touring. He reopened World on Wheels, a roller rink initially damaged during the 1992 LA riots. Wow. He set up a partnership with Fatburger where employees wore uniforms branded with his clothing label's Crenshaw logo. He established Steve Barbershop in honor of his friend and business partner who died from gun violence. Puma and the Marathon Clothing set to launch fall of 2019. He secured an ownership stake in FollowCoin, an Amsterdam-based cryptocurrency platform. He invested in Vest, a blockchain-based music app. He launched Our Opportunity, a coalition dedicated to developing properties and revamping neighborhoods across multiple cities. Part of a bid to acquire the Victoria... Visceral Santa Monica, a luxury resort. Mm. Um, the people he hired assisted and impacted 41,369. Damn. Total projected value of investments for community tech and lifestyle ventures, 210413500 dollars mm. Thank you. All I got to say is the marathon continues. We will continue to honor your legacy by keep running that marathon. And helping our community. Using our gifts and our purpose to help everybody else like you did. You were a great example, a great man, and you will be remembered through our work. We appreciate you, Ancestor. And your legacy continues. Thank you so much for listening to It's So Real with your girl, Rocky. And your boy, O. Please be sure to share, 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 and subscribe. Let us know that you're there. Let us know that you're listening. And please help us spread the word. We're trying to help our people. Just like Nipsey. All right, y'all. We out. Peace. 
and love. Take care of you. Mm-hmm.